When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the PHNX Suns postgame show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Gerald Borgay, Saul Bookman, and Espo. And the Phoenix Suns just took down the LA Clippers 112-95. They held a double-digit lead for the majority of this game. And guys, they gave us a good look at what a fully healthy Suns team might actually look like. Oh, well, I, I called it in pregame, told you it was going to be double digits, told you we we're going to see the Suns <laughs> that we wanted to see. All is right with the world. And they win in L.A. in the regular season against the Clippers for the first time since 2014. I, I was uh, newly married. I had no kid, and I was about 100 pounds lighter. That's how long ago it was since the Suns uh, won a game against the Clippers in L.A. That's insane. All of it, uh, 2014. yes. That is just, that blows my mind. I, 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 I don't know what to take that stat for because when they needed to win in L.A. in the playoffs, they won. So, I mean, I guess, I guess that doesn't count. Is that how that works? Well, yeah, it's regular season. Yeah, so just regular season. I, <laughs> you can have the regular season wins. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed this game because it was kind of the Suns we've been waiting to see for a full game. Uh, we didn't really see much of that in the first two games. They were good against Portland the majority of the time until the end, and then the Mavs was the complete inverse of that. They were <laughs> not good at the start, and they put it together. So tonight was kind of the first night where we saw them be fully healthy, have an actual full rotation, what those bench rotations look like, and just everyone playing well together. That was good to see because, uh, you know, they've got a tough schedule to open the season. So getting a win against the Clippers team that's barely playing Kawhi right now, that's a good thing to have. Yeah, I thought, you know, I thought overall that was obviously that was the best performance by the Suns this season. It's not even close. Um, and, and mostly because of what we saw from, guys one through 10 in this one. It wasn't just Devin Booker. It wasn't just Chris Paul. It wasn't just DeAndre. It was, it was a total team effort. And I actually think that the bench is obviously what, what kind of catapulted this, this, this win to another level for me. And I know we're going to get into that here in a second. I think one of my favorite parts about this win is our chat right now. Every single person in the chat is pointing out something that they really enjoyed from this game, and it's all completely different. Like you said, players 1 through 10, the defensive effort, just the energy. It's something different for every single person in the chat, and I think that's what makes this game so fun and so enjoyable is that it was a well-rounded performance from the Suns, and that's something that you want. I mean, obviously, it's still game three of the season, but the the sooner you get to that well-roundedness, the better off you're going to be long run. Do do I say it? Do I say it today? Have we seen Not enough? No. Say, you know, I will say no. it if we get to 100 <laughs> likes on this video. Okay. I will say it. I'll give the people what they want, but they got to give us what we want first. <laughs> All right. That's fair, I think. That's fair. Should we start with Devin Booker, though? I feel like we should start with Devin Booker because he started this game really hot, came out of the gates, had all the energy, 
in the first quarter, he had 14 points alone. He really set the tone in this game for the Suns. Yeah, I think, listen, Devin Booker is the catalyst of this group. Uh, you know, Just like the other greats, right? Chris Paul and Devin Booker are like two like completely different players in terms of how they approach the game. Devin Booker is the, the starter, and then Chris Paul typically had been the closer, right? And Devin Booker really – listen, the, the L.A. Clippers are, are a team that likes to try to intimidate you. They like to try and bully you. They like to try and be out uh, more, more physical than you. And if you don't match that energy, you're fucking toast. And Devin Booker was like, nah, that shit ain't happening tonight. That's what I love about what Devin Booker did in the first quarter, specifically against the Clippers. Other teams you can kind of get away with just kind of going through the motions in the first quarter, whatever. The Clippers will just try to bully you, and you got to match that that intensity and that physicality right off the bat. Otherwise, you're in for a long, long night. Oh, he brought that big D book energy tonight. And, you know, it reminded me a lot of Bubble Book, right? Where he came out and it was like, I got this. This is on me. I'm going to, I'm going to show these guys, uh, Kawhi and PG, uh, who's boss. And I love it. This is the kind of Booker that you're going to need all year. He's going to need to prove that he is 1A, that he's the alpha dog, that being a top five MVP candidate wasn't a fluke last year. That's what you need Devin Booker to do. And, you know, we've seen it throughout these first three games, but tonight was that full, complete performance from Devin Booker. Yeah, I mean, he's been on fire to start the season. You look at his numbers, he's already – it's only three games, obviously, but he's averaging 32 points on 53-53-95 shooting splits. Like, he's just been scoring from everywhere. We talk about how the Suns and, and him in particular need to get to the free throw line a little bit more, but it's hard to complain too much about what Booker has pr been providing because this is, like Espo said, this is what the Suns are going to need from him this year. And I know coming into the season, we were not – we were a little hesitant as far as like, okay, is he going to be first team all NBA again? Probably not. Is he going to be a top five MVP candidate? Probably not. But if he continues to play at a level similar to this, he's going to be in the conversation because with the extended off season, he looks rested. He looks fresh and he looks locked in to start this season. He had been saying, he told us last week, you know, the off season was almost too long because at a certain point he was like, I'm not playing basketball. What am I doing? Uh, he looks like a guy that's definitely been waiting around to, unleash some of this pent-up energy and that can only spell good news for the Suns. you know i if if we keep seeing cp3 the way we've seen him but devin book booker performs as, as as he has and they continue to be one of the top four teams in the west it's going to be hard to ignore him uh, as an mvp candidate i mean mm. it's just going to be uh, because the whole knock last year was well he's got cp3 they're kind of co-mvps right uh, well if cp3 ghosts him uh, for a for a portion of this season and he carries the weight and they still is uh, you know they're still successful that makes the case there for form uh, without any other effort i think right and and i i do think we should note that while devin booker has been playing this well it will be good to see what happens if he has an off night because right now this team is very Booker dependent. Um, and that's a good thing when he's playing at this level. But if he has, you know, if he slides off a little bit or if he has an off night, then I'm curious, okay, who is going to step up for this team? Uh, because right now it is looking a little Booker heavy on the offensive side of the floor. And you also have to be cautious with that throughout an entire season because we know Devin not, I'm knocking on wood right now, but we know Devin has had issues with his hamstrings and things of that nature. You don't want to put too much on him either, even though he's younger and can handle that load much better than an older player like Chris Paul. But still, you want to make sure you're you're finding a good balance there to where Devin is also fresh enough come the postseason to do these type of Devin Booker things consistently throughout the entire playoff. I don't know what you're talking about, Lindsay, and I refuse to acknowledge that he's ever been hurt before. <laughs> and I I don't think he, you know, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to acknowledge that elephant in the room, apparently. I don't want to even acknowledge that. Don't ever say that again, <laughs> Lindsay. Ever. Amen. 
Preach, Buckman. Listen. Piss, I you out loud. What is wrong with you? If we if we get the vengeance of basketball Cthulhu and then in sometime in the next week, it's on you, Lindsay. It's on you. Do you know how many super chats we have gotten in the name of basketball Cthulhu? If we haven't earned enough respect <laughs> over the last year with our shout-outs to basketball Cthulhu, didn't have one mention? <laughs> Something else is fishy around here. Something uh, Uriel in the chat says do. Lindsay must be fired from PHX. I think we have to consider at least yeah. a suspension, Saul. At least Aww. a suspension. Yeah, uh, Lindsay will be suspended. No, no, I'm I'm gonna say this right now. <laughs> Lindsay is suspended tomorrow. Oh, oh, oh really? man. <laughs> Good on, our, on our one off day this week, y'all. I'm shut up, Lindsay. Jesus. Let me have this one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. Apologies. Basketball Cthulhu, basketball gods, I apologize. Please forgive me. Um, I offer this offering of naming Devin Booker the king of the game. There we go. There for, we go. For your forgiveness. Devin <laughs> is our king of made. the game because he had 35 points tonight. He also had four assists, one rebound, and he was five of nine from deep. Congratulations. To the one and only Devin Booker for being king of the game twice already this season. Which I bring which I up. believe which I believe means he gets a free cheeseburger if he buys like a, a drink at Carl's Jr. tomorrow, right? I don't know. <laughs> Correct. Which has nothing to do with us, but congratulations. Uh D Book. Uh, I just want to say we're three games in, and I have never seen the crown placement so uh immaculate. Mm-hmm. as it has oh, been oh. through three games on this show. Mm-hmm. So tip of the hat to one Emma, uh, who's come in and just uh, made it very clear what the standard is. So. Yeah, I guess he wants a crowner. Nice, Emma. Good job. Congrats to you. Also, we should have listened to Espo tonight when uh, we were placing our bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook app because he was the closest to guessing the score tonight. He had sons by 10 Obviously, the Suns were able to accomplish that. Vegas was way off on their odds. But if you guys want to get in on the action on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, it's a lot of fun. We highly recommend you download that and sign up using the promo code PHNX because when you sign up using that code, you can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets instantly if your team wins. You can also boost your winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. It's really simple. Like I said, just download that DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code PHNX, um, and you're going to have a lot more fun throughout the NBA season and uh, hopefully make a lot of money betting on Suns basketball. Just a reminder, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Let's see if I can Chris Paul this one. You know what app you should not download right now? What's that? Come on, guys. Valley Sports. Yeah! They they were very Chris Paul. They left it short. Oh, my. (laughs) No, I was throwing you a lob for you to dunk. That's what what I meant by Chris Paul. Okay, I got you. I was trying to give you an easy one. Like, I was serving it on a platter. Oh, my God. What the was that? Like, this happened when I was there where they would just put a schedule for the game, and if the game ended, you had to get out of the app or get out of that game and then go to the post game. It's the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Fix your janky ass crappy app. I have <laughs> held my tongue for over a year after leaving that place. We had the same problems then. They have the same problems now. It's the and they want people to pay like twenty dollars a month for this shit. Get yeah. the hell out of here. I did it, and I'm really glad it happened tonight and not the other night where the last minute and a half of the game actually meant something. Oh, yeah. Luckily, this one was in the bag pretty much, so. Yeah, Yeah, that would have been a major bummer. Come on, man. Just be better than that, Bally's. (laughs) So for anyone listening, for future reference, if you're watching on Bally's and the stream goes out, go into the postgame because that might be where you're going to be able to continue watching the game. Just a heads up. Good looking out, guys. Okay, so I have um, our stream pulled up on my phone here. And Espo, you said if we get to 100 likes, you would do your Espo thing, right? Mm-hmm. So well, One of them, yes. Right. We have 42 <laughs> likes right now. You lazy bastard. Is it better if we switch <laughs> it and say if you get to 100 likes, Espo won't do it? But if you don't get us to 100 likes, Espo will do it? 
Does oh. that work better? Is well, it like I'll a do it in the reverse. I'll call them the worst team in the NBA. How about That's that? What I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but we need to get those likes up. So if you are here watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button because it helps us out a whole bunch. All right, Aren't guys. They, oh, wait, wait, wait. Aren't the Jazz undefeated? They are. I think they so. are. They're three and zero. So how can we be that? The Blazers are three and zero. The Jazz are three and zero. Because let's be clear. The refs screwed us against the Blazers, and we know the Jazz, these may be the only three wins they have. So that's how. Larry Marketing is balling his ass off right now. Which means he will be dealt by December 15th, I believe. So, (sighs) Okay, shall we dive into some game notes about this one? Yes, I think so. Let's talk first defense. Suns defense showed up really big in tonight's game. What were you guys seeing that stood out to you? To me, it was Tory Craig. Um, honestly, Tory Tory was everywhere tonight, and and uh, the the amount of energy he had on the court to me, he was just being a pest. And you need when you have five guys that are coming off the bench that don't quite match up talent wise to a team like the Clippers, you have to be frenetic. You have to play with your hair on fire. Tory was everywhere tonight. And I've, I felt like from the bench unit, he's the one that really set the tone. And then you throw in Jock Landale and what he was doing, it was, it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful to watch because, listen, they're not going to be able to score at a high clip all the time. Um, and, and most games this year, they won't. But if they can hold their own defensively, create turnovers, and give themselves some easy opportunities on the other end, that's what's going to make them an elite second unit. And that's what they have to really hone in on this season until they can get another body or two that can actually score um, consistently. So I loved what TC brought to the to the table tonight. Yeah, I'll give you it because I was at the point where I was like, all right, I've seen enough of Torrey Craig uh, in these lineups in, in two games. Let's kind of mix it up, see what we what else we got. But he came through tonight when he got those open looks from three. He connected on him. But, you know, uh, I, I accept no substitutes. The real thing to me is Jock Landell. Uh, Landell's landing is is selling quickly, and I recommend you get in on it uh, as we've been pumping it since, what was that, back in uh, August that we've been pumping it? Since uh, his energy tonight uh, was, was spectacular, his offensive rebounding, uh, everything but his three-point shot was, it was just chef's kiss tonight from him and if you get those kind of energy efforts from him you know two-thirds of the time this season you're going to be in a very good spot I love watching what he's doing and he plays smart which is such a uh a a departure from what we saw last year with JaVale McGee you know you're going to get sound fundamental fundamental basketball uh from Jock Landell and he had that move where he did that spin move and got that dunk tonight. And I was like, Ooh, it's nice too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, you guys are all bringing up points kind of like the chat earlier. Like you could point to any individual player on the suns and have something good to say about them tonight. Like campaign had the bounce back effort, but going back to the defense real quick, suns only had five steals and three blocks and they only forced the Clippers into 14 turnovers. So to be able to do that and still hold a team to 95 points without creating a lot of those defensive plays that you see in the stat column that's really impressive like they held them to i think 44 percent shooting like 28 percent from three that's really good just positional foundationally sound defense that you're playing there they were flying all over the place they were making guys uncomfortable and that's what you want to see especially on a night where you're not creating all of those defense into offense opportunities so Really impressive effort from them. I, I think Saul's right. That did help set the tone. Uh, and Tori did that for the bench unit for sure. So you love to see that because, like we've said, they might take a step back offensively this year uh, just because they don't have the same depth as last year. But defensively, this group has all the right pieces to still be a top five elite defense in the league. Well, not only that, Gerald, but, you know, they were so frenetic on the defensive end that they caused – you know, some some four shots by the Clippers. And mm-hmm. more importantly than all that is that they were solid on the boards tonight. Mm-hmm. They were really solid. You know, they didn't give up too many second uh, uh, chance points. Uh, really were, were you know, uh, there was there was some egregious things that we might get to, uh, you know, Cam Johnson watching Kawhi Leonard go right around him. Uh, but outside of that, I thought they, they were fantastic on the boards tonight. And not just the bigs. 
I the guards, the forwards, you know, they they all were attacking the glass. Uh, I think Ham actually had just as many rebounds as anybody in the in the first half. So uh, again, it was a total team effort in that. And you don't need steals or blocks all the time. You just need a frenetic pace to be able to throw the other team off enough to be able to uh, to really uh, you know extend your leads. I really like I, that we saw the defensive effort from every single person tonight for the most part because late in the third quarter, midway through the third quarter, there was a point in time where the Clippers tried to come back and they got it a little bit closer, I think, to just they cut the lead to 10, right? Mm -hmm. But the Suns still stayed solid. They kept them at bay and they went into the fourth quarter with a 14-point lead. And majority of the guys to start the fourth quarter were all legitimate bench players or second unit players. And I think the fact that they were able to not allow the Clippers who did build up a little bit of momentum there to find even more momentum and get this game closer than what it was at that uh, 10 point lead. That's huge. That's so important. I feel like going into the fourth quarter, being able to rely on those guys defensively. Cause like we were saying a few weeks ago or just a few days ago, we know that this, that second unit is not going to be an offensive juggernaut, but if they can defensively just hold their own and not allow teams to get back into games, that's going to be critical for this Suns team. Yeah, I like what, uh, what the comment here we have. This team has grit. Don't know the last Suns team I can say that about. I think they've had some over the last few years, but I do like that they got a bunch of guys that aren't afraid to just get out there crash the boards and and try to play some defense you know we've we've knocked on this bench a lot and bench scoring will will always kind of be a problem throughout the season I think but I don't think you can question their hustle and their willingness to play defense uh on this group I, I don't think there's a, ever going to be a question about that with this bench all right we have a couple super chats so Thomas Dents uh Denton, sorry, Dennett? I can't read. Thomas Dennett sent us a sticker. It's like a little pink dancing person. Thank you for your super chat, Thomas. And then they also sent us another super chat said, was never impressed with that Lakers win too close. Thank you, Thomas, for your super chats. We appreciate you. All right, you guys want to talk about the three-point shooting now? No, no, not yet. Espo. <laughs> We got, oh, did we, we got 100 likes? We did. We got 100 we got likes. 103. There was a six-year-old sleeping about three feet from me, so. Open up those pipes. Hell loose. Uh, open up. up those pipes. Let's go. Phoenix Suns are the best team in the NBA. Suck it, Paul George. Suck it, Kawhi. Suck it, Steve Ballmer. <laughs> I could hear this man taking the headphones yeah. out. Well done. Good job, Espo. You've been, you've been waiting all off-season for that. We oh, have. It's been yeah. a long time since we've had one of those. So shout-out to you guys but, for getting us to 100 likes so that we could have that fun moment here. Shout-out to Big Wheels coming up with my favorite uh, saying here, too. It's Jocktober, baby. So uh, oh. pour that jock tail and enjoy, uh, enjoy your evening, everybody. <laughs> Andre's in the chat said, so loud audio cut out, LOL. <laughs> it, it could have just been his wi-fi but who knows <laughs> all right now you want to talk about three-point shooting yeah let's do it all right yes. let's do it so the phoenix suns were uh, 15 of 42 for the night in uh, the first half they were 9 of 23 now obviously all of them didn't fall but the amount of attempts they took tonight was drastically more than what we've seen in the first two games um, they had 22 attempts against the Mavs and 27 against the Blazers. Again, tonight they had 42. What did you guys think about the three-point shooting tonight? I thought it was consistent. I thought it was, you know, it was it was much needed when they needed it, um, you know, to, to prevent some some long Clippers runs. Uh, I mean, the, the Clippers were never really in this game, let's be honest. You know, they got – I know they cut it to 10 at one point, but it just never felt like it was, it was about to get out of hand, you know, and – and I, what I love about EJ doing these games is he can tell you and he can he knows like, hey, because like, we were all thinking it like a halftime. This is cool, but they could easily come back if, if everything goes right. Um, and I thought the three point shooting was just enough to, to really kind of throw every single rally 
that the that the Clippers were trying to put out there. So I, I thought it was consistent, and I think it was. It, it they don't need to be on fire from three. They just need to be a threat enough to be able to open up things and especially have the lanes to either drive or get DA the ball down low, and that's what happened. Right. Oh. I, I think you look at the attempts, and it's 42. Like, that's way more than the first two games, and it was 10 more than the Clippers took tonight. They didn't shoot a blistering percentage from three. They they shot under 36%. I think it was like 35.7 or something like that. But because they took so many attempts, it, it didn't matter. At a certain point, the volume of that shot outweighs it as long as you're not missing a ton. Uh, and this team is too good of a shooting team to not get up you know, 35, 30 attempts at least on a nightly basis. So it was good to see them do that. It was good to see them generate so many corner threes because a lot of the ones that Torrey Craig was making were corner threes. Cam Johnson hit at least three corner threes tonight. Like those are the easiest, most efficient shots from three in basketball. You got to take a lot of those. And that kind of helped because they did not really fix the free throw problem uh, tonight. They only took 12 to the Clippers 20. So there's still a minus in that category, but if they can take enough threes, it might not matter as much. Well, you know, Gerald, to your point, I'm sorry, real quick, Espo. To your point, you know, EJ pointed out one thing about Mikhail. Um, You know, you saw John Wall go full head of steam right into players to try and draw fouls and get buckets, right? Mikhail on that one, there was one possession where he kind of just let off the gas uh, when he got close, and that's what EJ was pointing out. He was like, listen, if you want to draw fouls, you got to be the aggressor. And you gotta fly into these dudes and get the N ones. So I, I just wanted to bring that up real quick while you brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Gerald, you bring up the the three point shooting percentage, right? And I, I'm I'm a simple man. I I don't know math real well, but uh-huh. but my mathmication tells me if you take out the one for eight from CP three, they mm-hmm. shot forty two percent from three. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with those numbers uh, from this squad. And and look, I. I respect that CP3 early in that game saw that the Clippers were making a concerted effort to sag back on him, give him the open three, and he tried to make them pay for it. And unfortunately, he went one for five in that first half. Luckily, his teammates picked him up, but uh, they shot over overall very well from deep. It was just uh, CP3 that had his struggles. And I, I do want to – we should touch on that now briefly because I still see a lot of people freaking out about Chris Paul's numbers. And don't get me wrong, his shooting numbers are not pretty in these first three games. But I'm less worried about that because you look at his first half, he was one for seven. All seven of those attempts were threes. And it was mostly because he was getting the ball late in the clock because a lot of the other sons were trying to create up to that point. Like it, it it's – still a concerted effort to let other guys kind of hunt for shots to create, to do their thing. And Chris Paul is, you know, this is year 18 for him. This is an adjustment playing off the ball for him as well. So I I know that the shooting is not great right now and people are concerned about that, but you look at his two point percentage, it's not as bad compared to how many threes he missed. And this is going to be a process for him as well. You know, he is a hall of famer, but he's used to operating with the ball in his hand Give it a little bit of time, and we'll see if he's washed or if it's just a matter of I, learning a new role. I, I do want to say one quick thing, though, Gerald. Like, in the first half, the first quarter, mm. I mean, those threes were wide open. Like there, A couple, were, a couple were, yes. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, at, at some point, you just, you know, I, if we see this repetitively, teams sagging mm. off, you know, Chris Paul's got the Grand Canyon to shoot a three, and he can't drop one, like <laughs> – uh, okay, well, hey, buddy, <laughs> what's going on here? So, yeah, no, and you're totally right. And I think that's that might be part of the adjustment too, is he's not used to catch and shoot or wide open threes. He's used to having to create threes off the dribble. And last year, he struggled with that. If you look at his percentages the year before, he was perfectly fine. So, it could be a situation where the three is just maybe a little too far for him at this point. But I, I, I still – I'm with you. I still need to see a little bit more before I'm willing to make a ruling either way on that. I mean, I'm 43. I can shoot from half court. I can't make them, but I can shoot from, four, <laughs> from half court. I'm sure CP3 has no issues getting up. I just want to make sure that, you know, he's consistent. That's all. That's fair. 
We did get a super chat from Icon. Icon said, yeah, Gerald, if you take out all the misses, they shot 100%. <laughs> That's facts. I love that, I love that Lindsay saw my wheels spinning about what Solid just said and said, nope, I'm taking the reins. No joke's going to be made here this evening. <laughs> that is not happening. Yep, that's why she's she's the best in the biz right there. That's why. <laughs> oh well, thank you. I appreciate you guys. Um, if you guys want Look, to come I, hang out with us, go ahead, Espo. Can I make one more CP three point? <laughs> I don't care if he pulls the full Kendall Marshall and doesn't score anymore, as long as he's giving you double digit assists and playing some defense. Right? If if other guys in this offense can continue to pick up some of the slack like they did tonight. I don't give a crap, all right? You still need a guy who can run the offense, who can play quality defense, and it, it may be enough to still get this team where they want to go if they find other answers. If that internal development is truly going to happen, go all Kendall Marshall that you want at CP3. Well, and he almost had a double-double tonight, guys. He had 11 mm -hmm. assists, 8 rebounds, and 7 points. Low-key, you could say he was flirting with a triple-double there, if you really wanted to. And it that's pretty impressive for a guy who we're talking about having at least tiptoeing around the idea of him being washed. I'm just, I, I'm just I remember that. a guy that's wise beyond his years saying if ifs were a fifth, then we'd all be drunk. So <laughs> whatever. Whatever. <laughs> it's 10 o'clock at night. There's nothing wrong with being drunk. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying team high plus 15. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Just gonna throw it out there. It's All right, well, math time. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want to come hang out with us, we would love to hang out with you and talk Suns basketball. And you can do that this upcoming Wednesday as all of our shows here at PHNX are going to be live at the Four Peaks Brewery for our last Wednesday of the month. This is at their 8th Street Brewery down in Tempe. And while you're there, you can also enjoy $3 Kilt Lifter and Wow Wheat Pints when you mention that you are there with PHNX. Come hang out with us. It's always a good time. Good food, good drinks, good people. Honestly, what more could you ask for on a Wednesday to help you make it to the end of the week? Also. The Coyotes play their inaugural home game at Mullet Arena this Friday. Join – oh, wait, nope. I think that was last Friday, isn't it? That was, no, that was two no, days ago. No, it's, it's, Friday. It's, it's this Friday. Oh, that was October the 28th. Okay, just making sure. I was like, wait, hold on. Did I already miss the home game? <laughs> uh, sorry about that. The Coyotes do play their inaugural home game at Mullet Arena this Friday. Join our PHNX Coyotes crew at Four Peaks for our tailgate slash watch party. It's free to enter and you can enjoy $3 beer specials and watch on a 20-foot jumbo screen. Register through the link in our show notes. You must be 21 years or older and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. I know, Stop, we had a game Dr. on Friday and I said oh. it and then I, I'm just, I'm a little confused as to what day it is. <laughs> Lindsay didn't Lindsay didn't watch the hockey when she worked for the team. Do we really think I she's watching you. it now? I did too. <laughs> I really love the Coyotes, but it, I don't pay attention to them now that um, we're covering basketball because they're, it's just too hard to balance both of their seasons and really invest in both of them equally. All you got to do is look at a box score every now and then. Yeah, but that's not as fun as watching <laughs> much, the game. Too much investment, Saul. Too oh much. My God, not nearly you heard it here first. Lindsey Smith does not like PHNX Coyotes. Wow. At least you Adam know, Damn. No, you know what it is. What? You want to know oh. what it really is. What? It's no. because more furniture makes me so tired when I sit on it because uh, it's so comfortable that I just oh doze off gosh. when I sit down to watch a game that I oh. don't really have to be like full-blown paying attention to. So I just fall asleep so peacefully because my... this furniture is just chef's kiss it's top notch you guys oh, man. we just got we just got ropa doped we really did <laughs> we, did. we <laughs> really did and you guys can spruce up your home during more furniture's fall sale at morefurniture.com plus you'll receive a 100 gift card for every one thousand dollars you spend <laughs> why is your hand out there what's over there why do it you was, have your no hand it was there? just like a little like qvc or what oh, you know what okay. i mean like this is where you pop up like all the information on the and screen. here what he won. <laughs> oh, man. oh no. Uh, hello said she had me in the first half. Got him. Got him. All right, guys. <laughs> Let's continue on talking about this game. 
Um, I know we talked a lot about the bench and we did mention Jock Landale a little bit, but do you want to give him a few more, a few more minutes in the limelight and maybe highlight a few of the things that you saw from him that really stood out? Yeah. I mean, offensive rebounding Jock Landale. I mean, I know he, I know we gave him a little bit of crap for the offensive rebound. He got a, a, in overtime the other night in the missed, uh, missed putback. But the guy is so good at just positioning himself for rebounds and, and trying to figure out you know, where the shot's going to be missed. Okay, I think our friend uh, Tom Leander took it a little far at halftime where he said uh, Dennis Rodman in the same breath as Chuck Wendell. I'm not quite there yet, <laughs> but I will say hell of a rebounder has the instincts, uh, and I love that about him because that's something we've talked about if this team continues to lose the rebounding battle they're going to have a lot of difficulty in winning games tonight they won it and jock was a big part of that with 10 of them well jock jock brings a variety of different things to the table that i don't think we've really had behind deandre aiden ever Uh, even rashawn holmes who was very active on the boards wasn't as fundamentally sound on the perimeter as jock is uh, wasn't the playmaker that Jock is in terms of facilitating to others. Like, And his energy is infectious, obviously. And I think teams are starting to find out, like, oh, man, you know, I'm sleeping on this guy. He doesn't look like he's, like, the most athletic guy. But he really impacts shots at the rim as well. He did that multiple times tonight. Jock, to me, it, it might be the best backup big in the league. I don't know if that's really even – I don't even know if that's really a stretch at this point. EJ sitting there saying people are going to be stunned when they, when they really figure out who this kid is and what he's all about, because he's that damn good. He's not just a, he's not a role player. He's a key player for this team. Fuck. Yeah. Jock get some. (laughs) I'll say, I'll say this. There is one big man that we saw the other night that is a better backup big man, but that's only because his coach is stupid enough to put him on the bench and not start him. And that's Christian Wood. He should be the starter over JaVale McGee. And then your, your comment would be correct there. So. Well, Christian Wood had one good game. Fuck Christian Wood. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look like Jock, this is kind of the vibes that we had coming into training camp, but based on what everybody on the team was saying about him, how they were impressed with what he had shown in practice and whatnot. And we didn't see a ton of it in the first two games, but I think tonight was the first night where we really saw the type of impact that I think we'll be able to expect from him on a regular basis moving forward. You know, those 10 rebounds led the team in just 17 minutes off the bench. Like he's very active on that front. He shot four of six from two point range, Oh, of two from three. But once those three start falling, that's going to open things up even more for that second unit. He hasn't really shot the ball well from three so far. Um, guys have been talking about how well he shoots it in practice and, I think Jock, he had said, like, on this team, this is the most open looks he's ever had on a basketball team in general. So I think once he gets more comfortable, more acclimated, those are going to start falling, and that's really going to take his impact to the next level off that bench. When uh, when we lost JaVale McGee, I had a lot of people asking, like, who would fill that energy role that he kind of brings? Mm-hmm. And it's obviously the same question that we talked about Jay Crowder, but specifically we're going to talk about the center position here. Uh, do you think Jock has what it takes to fill that kind of void that JaVale left just from like the energy, the hype kind of a standpoint? I know we've seen a little bit of it, but do you think he has another level to maybe take it to? You've only seen the beginning of the Jock train. I'm telling you right now, G- Gerald's right. When, when my guy starts hitting threes, it's over because he's going to get the crowd involved. I think, I think right now Jock is pretty not, – not timid, but he's very calculated in terms of how he's approaching other guys and talking shit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Once he really starts to get himself into the flow this season, I guarantee you the next time they play the Clippers, he's going to talk some shit to some <laughs> of those guys that were trying to give him the business tonight like, Mar- mm-hmm. like Marcus Morris and stuff. So – Oh, I'll do it. It's only going to get better from here. I promise you that. Oh, yeah. When he starts hitting those threes, it's time to rock and jock, baby. That's right. <laughs> Bad 90s reference. Sorry. Jock strap. <laughs> I think not that might a jock be. Jock strap joke. Jock strapped. <laughs> that might be one of my favorite things about jock is the amount of 
puns and ridiculous and outrageous nicknames that uh, Suns fans have come up with. Mm -hmm. I am not going to repeat a good majority of the ones (laughs) that I have seen, but I do appreciate the creativity from some of you guys and gals out there on Suns Twitter. I need a ruling on Jockadile Dundee. Like, is that, <laughs> that feels, I, I've seen it out there and that one feels uncomfortable to me. I don't know. I, just, I think uh, it's low hanging fruit. I, yeah. I don't think we need to play up the whole Australian bit. Like no. we know he's Australian. Like, fuck it. Let's just oh. go with something else. Let's be a little bit more original to the Valley. Well, that's, think- that's, that's what we should do before we have him on the show. The next time is compile the list of yes. names. Yes. And f- find out which one is his favorite and roll with yes. us from there. How about that's a good the one. thunder from down under? Oh my god! I think that's I think that's too too. That's obvious. already got its own a life of its own. We can't we can't take that away from what it already is. We just gotta let that be what it is. Um, but I still think my favorite so far is Jocktober. It, it doesn't Jocktober. last throughout the whole year, but I do think it's a pretty fun yeah. Mix. yeah. You get to man, you're like Jocktober. I'm like, oh man, he's really playing bad right now. Jock- <laughs> gotta check your watch. It's Jock o'clock. All right. We also have to talk a little bit about Cam Johnson because obviously there was a little bit of concern as far as the potential, how injured, how not injured is he? He did play tonight when he was out on the floor. Of course, he did get into foul trouble there for a little while and was on the bench. But when he was on the floor, what did you guys think of Cam Johnson tonight? Three-point shooting. Yeah, three-point shooting, tremendous. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you guys have a lot to say about this. Um, well, uh, I will say this too. I, I, I would, I, like I said, I didn't want to go negative or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I did feel like he had one too many lapses on defense. Yeah. Um, for for my liking, there was a, you know, obviously the 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 three pointer in the corner by Kawhi that he didn't block out at all. Kawhi got his own rebound and then got an and one. Um, and then a backdoor cut that was just so blatantly obvious from the corner right behind him for a layup. Like you got to be better than that if you're Cam Johnson in your fourth season as uh, as a Phoenix Sun. Like, you just – especially defensively. Like, you just can't let up like that against a good Clippers team. And listen, the Clippers are going to play better the next time they play the Suns. They're going to shoot better the next time they play the Suns. So those small little things, uncontested shots, or giving up offensive rebounds on your own man, like, they can't happen. Outside of that, I thought Cam provided good energy. He shot the ball extremely well. And, I mean, those – those were no doubter threes. They didn't even hit the rim, it seemed like. Uh, so it was good to see him get back into the flow of things on, on that side. Um, and I'm sure he's just kind of getting back into the groove because it's been an inconsistent start to the season so far. Right. I, I think the fouls especially were the case of somebody who is still adjusting to being that starter. And a couple of the fouls that he committed were just bad ones where he kind of hesitated. The one that you mentioned where he didn't box out and Kawhi got the the offensive rebound and he got caught on the up fake. There was the other one, Kawhi's first bucket of the game. That was the and one where Cam like kind of half-heartedly fouled him, but didn't actually like stop him from getting the ball up. Those are things that are like moments of hesitation in your mind that you just kind of need to get used to. Okay. Yeah, I am the starter. If I'm going to foul, I better foul. Like those are things that I think he'll get better at defensive rotations. He'll improve with. Um, But yeah, I, I think the impact overall was obviously positive. He knocked down a bunch of corner threes. Um, he's a good shooter. We all know this already. He's a smart player. And I was glad that he was able to overcome that foul trouble and play in the fourth quarter and have an impact because, man, like when he picked up that fourth foul, I was like, really, for the third game in a row, we're barely going to get to see this starting lineup together again. Um, but, yeah, I was glad he was able to have an impact, especially because we didn't even know if he was going to play in this game heading into the day. So the fact that he was able to – play through another potential injury and play well is the most important thing to me. Yeah. I found myself thinking at times uh, about his rebounding too, and how he seems to find himself in the right position as well. He may not be, uh, you know, the, the, the bulkiest guy, he may not be the tallest guy out there, but he's smart about his rebounding. And I think that's going to be key as well. When he's not in foul trouble, he's going to have to hit those boards to be an effective starter there. One thing I could do without is ever hearing the phrase rainbow connection again when he hits a three, but that's just, <laughs> just me. All right. That that's just me. 
I didn't hear that one. I, was I didn't watching, hear that one either. I was watching the Clippers broadcast on League Pass. So I didn't hear that one at all. That's so It's crazy. a rainbow connection from Cam Johnson. Nope, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> I didn't even hear that. I kind of I kind of like it mostly because now like I know it, it pisses too. you off. Yeah. <laughs> that was you on a regular basis. We're gonna get a graphic made. Yeah. Yes, sir. Every time, yeah, we're gonna get a graphic made. It just it's like a uh what do you call it? A my little pony. He's just gonna shoot it. It's just like with like stars and rainbows and shit. Hell yeah, let's do it. It could be like the more you know graphic, and it'll just yes. be the basketball yeah. with the rainbow. The more you piss off basketball. <laughs> Thank you for outlining what we need to do. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. This is great. Even when we are poking fun at him, the creative genius cannot stay hidden. Mm-hmm. He's got to let it all out. <laughs> Shout out to you, Espo. There's your flower for the night. Oh, <laughs> all right. Man. So we have a new segment. It's mm-hmm. called By the Book, Man. And this is where Saul Bookman decides he wants to talk about a specific topic from the game. And Saul, tonight... Your topic surrounds DeAndre and what you got for us. Yeah, so I have a full, a more full breakdown tomorrow. I, th- I thought Da had had a mid game. He wasn't, he wasn't spectacular. I think he, he, he was serviceable, but you know, you expect a little bit more from him. But I also thought the inconsistency by which he was getting the ball tonight, due to not only the the Clippers' zone defense, but also because of our own doing. Like, listen, in the second half, in the third quarter specifically. Uh, when the Suns' shots weren't dropping, uh, and the Clippers weren't making shots at a high rate either, but there was an opportunity there to really extend the lead and, and really and grow. And there was multiple times, and, and Espo kind of found a, a couple of them around the eight-minute mark, where Chris Paul literally will just like DA's running from rim to rim, you know, busting his ass, and he gets great position down low, and Chris Paul doesn't even look at him. And then there was another time campaign did the same thing, had him wide open, pin position right underneath the basket, didn't get him. And those small points, right, the easy points that you can get and you can accrue during the course of a game, when you're playing the tough, tough teams in this league, you have to take advantage of. And I felt like tonight, as opposed to the first two games of the season, the Suns didn't quite do that enough. And so, um, and like I said, I'll have a, a more full breakdown as we get uh, into tomorrow and I get to look at and break down some of this film. But um, I just thought they were kind of egregious errors, things that if you were really looking, you would be like, holy crap, like, look at this. Like, it's it was kind of unbelievable. And that's when I, I started texting you guys, like, are you guys seeing this? You know, so uh, I know he was frustrated. He was in foul trouble as well. Like his points were or his minutes were inconsistent to a degree, um, but it's also inconsistency. Like, listen, these big guys, they don't touch the ball. They don't get to control the ball on the perimeter. Um, so there's got to be some type of a rhythm that they can get into to where they can consistent. Because you saw as soon as they came out of the half, they hit him twice in back-to-back shots, and, and, he, and he came through because he knew he was getting a play set up for him. And then after that, it was like we never saw that again. And that inconsistency, I feel like, just contributes. It's not the ultimate factor, but it contributes to his inconsistency off- offensively, and it could be frustrating. Right. And I'm, I'm two, curious two to watch things. those. Oh, go ahead, Despo. I was just going to say two things. One, for the audio listeners, the buy the bookman graphic, the best one we have on the show. Uh, just for the audio listeners, though, take my word for it. But uh, I think one thing, Saul, that it led to uh, watching that that stretch around that eight minute mark is there's three different times he's sitting there that he has position on two different defenders and gets uh, gets looked off and that's when he comes down the other end of the court is when he picks up that fourth foul. Mm -hmm. And, and to me, you got to wonder, does that frustration, if he's feeling it bleed through into a lapse on the defensive end, because, because we we're all, we're all accustomed to it. If you're upset about one thing, it can have an impact on the other end. He kind of gets that ticky tack foul. He has to go to the bench. It throws, throws everything off there. Gerald, sorry for interrupting no, no, you're fine. I am curious because, like, I always like to watch these games back, and I truthfully didn't notice when when Saul was texting the group about it. I was like, I I didn't notice. Um, so I am curious to see how like egregious it was, how the Clippers were playing defensively. Because it's one thing if you look a guy off; it's another thing if you've got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in your face because they no, are 
Gerald, these ones were literally, they were coming off the break or steal or something like that. And, mm. you know, they, they have the number and mm. they just, for whatever reason, didn't do it. Okay. Because I know in the fourth quarter when it was, they started with that DA and all bench lineup, that was when I kind of noticed that they weren't getting him the ball because, I mean, they kind of just didn't really have the creator for it outside of campaign. Um, and that felt pretty glaring to me because if you're going to have an all bench lineup with DA, you better get it to the best player on the floor on your side and get and you know set him up for looks. That should be the key there. Um, but overall, I, I think like obviously we're talking about a, a stretch of plays where the Suns need to improve, where they can be better in terms of extending that lead instead of because that was kind of the catalyst for allowing the Clippers back into that third quarter. Um, overall, the ball movement was good tonight. I like that they took a lot of threes, but if you can add that component to it, then you have a top five offense, even with the bench concerns that we have. Yeah. You know, listen, like the, this by no stretch, obviously they won the game. They won it easily. They had full control of the game, but you could have seen a scenario where in that little run, that little stretch, you let the Clippers completely back into the game. And it's because you missed out on opportunities like this. And I know Monty's going to look at the tape and say, all right, these are these are points of emphasis. These are points where we could have taken advantage of that were high percentage value for us. Mm -hmm. And we can't miss those uh, as we get longer into the season. And we really play, you know, when we get to the playoffs, you can't miss those opportunities. That just can't happen. Mm -hmm. um, and if you want to win a championship, you damn sure can't miss those opportunities. And I, this is just a learning point, uh, you know, a, le a learning uh, opportunity that I'm sure they'll look at the tape and, and recognize. Yeah, our friends uh, in the chat from the Aussie Suns fan pod made a good point, though. Book did go kind of all Armani mode, and so you didn't need DA as involved, uh, you know. So I, I get it in these situations, but I also understand in totality this wasn't a game where you had to just pound it down to DA at times like we saw at times in game one and, and a few times uh, in that second game. This was one of those nights where – it was pretty obvious Book was going to carry the load offensively. Sure, he was going to carry the load offensively, but we also need to re realize that he had 14 in the first quarter, and then he had 21 for the remainder of the game, right? So you're talking about yeah. seven points a quarter after that. In this stretch right here, right after the second half started, like it could have fallen apart because you know Devin wasn't dropping another 14 in that quarter at the time. And so, again, you got to be able to pace things. You know, You want to keep the momentum going. That was just another opportunity for them to be able to do it is all I'm saying. And that was when the Clippers did find a little bit of momentum was in midway through that third quarter as well. So sometimes getting an easy bucket can shift that momentum back into your favor mm -hmm. and stop that from getting out of hand. So like you said, just something to keep an eye on, something we'll look for throughout the remainder of the season and potentially a learning opportunity for the Suns. Um, I want to tell you guys real quick about Underdog Fantasy. It's a really cool app that kind of combines like the fun fantasy side of sports, but also social because you can hang out with your friends on that app. You guys can make friendly wagers on the app. And basically you can pick all kinds of fantasy things like points um, for a specific player, higher or lower, those type of things. Saul Espo, I know you guys always are dropping things in our chats about who's winning and who's losing and who's beating who every other day, it seems like. And the best part about it is you can make some money on this app as well. So if you have not yet, you can search in the app store, click the link in the show notes to find the underdog fantasy app and make sure you sign up using the promo code PHNX because when you use that promo code, underdog will double your first deposit up to $100, you guys. Yeah. It's a yeah. Lot of fun. I'm on our fantasy show, uh, our fantasy sports show. Don't get too excited. And uh, the we did a four-person draft. It was myself, Shane Diefenbach, uh, Sean DePaz, and Anthony Totry. And basically, uh, the four of us picked a, a six-person lineup combining the Thursday night and Sunday night games. And I kicked their ass, finally. I won uh, – I won a, a cool 40 bucks off of them just by uh, by playing in this. And it, it's fun. It's just another way to really enjoy a Sunday where the Cardinals didn't play. I didn't really have to care about any football, but I really was uh, was all in on the Sunday night uh, game watching the stats. It, it was nice. Yeah, so 
One more time, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code PHNX. Get in on the action today. All right, so if you guys were going to utilize OG's brand new Sleep Edition gummy, now this one is the 2 to 1 THC CBN ratio gummy that helps with falling and staying asleep. Do you think it's better, like, to use it on a Sunday night before a work week ahead? Or would it be like late on a Friday night so you can sleep in on a Saturday? What you guys kind of thinking? How would you well, the, utilize the cool, th- the cool thing about it is you, you can't lose either way. But uh, because honestly, like the times I've used it, I've woken up and I felt, you know, like a little slow, like just kind of, you know, a little groggy or whatever. But it only lasted for like maybe 30 minutes. And then I, I was... I was refreshed because I had <clears throat> had eight to nine hours of sleep. So you really, you can't lose either way. For me, probably, I'm probably using it on like a Friday night so I could just sleep in as long as I can on a Saturday and be lazy. Um, what I call a normal Lindsay day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if I could have gone to sleep at about seven o'clock tonight, like the Clippers did, uh, I probably would have taken it tonight. But I, I'm a Friday guy, so I can get a little bit more more rest uh, in, in the morning. That's kind of how I feel. I feel like I'm a Friday kind of person, like sleep in till, I don't know, 11 or 12 on a Saturday maybe. Mm. Wake up, start a really slow oh, day, be awake for like six hours, and then go right back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and do it all over again on and Monday. And do it all over again on Monday. Because <laughs> I am suspended for tomorrow. So that's what we're going to do that's tonight. Right. Take it OGs tonight. want to dry... OGs, they have a ton of different products and a lot of great flavors. We highly recommend them. You can find them online at ogsbrands.com. You can find them on Instagram at ogsbrands, and you can also find their products at your local dispensary, but you must be 21 years or older to purchase. All right, we are going to round out today's show with some flowers for Chris Paul. I know we've talked a lot about the type of play from Chris Paul, but this one no one can take away from him. Chris Paul officially became the first player in NBA history to reach 20,000 career points and 11,000 career assists. So congratulations to Chris Paul. A round of applause for you. Uh, a phenomenal milestone. And I think it's important to remember that regardless of how you feel about Chris Paul in this moment and in this time, you can still appreciate the totality of his career and what he's been able to accomplish and also what he's been able to accomplish as a Phoenix Sun as well. He's done a lot for this franchise and this team. We got to remember that as well. I thought he was the third player to do that. No, no. first player in NBA history for the 20,000 points and 11,000 assists. He also is, he's the third player reaching 11,000 assists. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. That's the graphic that they show. Gotcha. Yeah, because right. John Stockton and Jason Kidd didn't reach the 20K, I think. One of them was like at 19, the other one was like like 17 for points. So gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that listen, it's a tremendous, it's a tremendous accomplishment. Like Chris Paul is one of the greatest guards of all time. It that I, everybody knows that. And, and and it's even though there's questions about where he's at in terms of his his ability to play this game at a high level right now, he's still able to be a very, 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 very serviceable point card at the age of 38. Mm-hmm. And you can't take that away because he's not like Tom Brady who, who gets like let off the hook by every single ref in the league and nobody can even breathe on him. Chris mm-hmm. Paul's actually having to play at a high level and he's actually having to run circles around dudes and he is constantly put them, putting them on skates. And, and there's a physicality that comes along with that. And uh, that can't be underestimated. Like, Chris Paul's one of a kind. And so congrats to him for sure. Yeah. You know. All right. I, go ahead. I, I agree he's one of a kind. And I want to say nobody else will ever reach this plateau. LeBron James has an outside shot at it. But I don't think anybody else is going to reach his 20,000 points, 11,000 assists. Mark, I think this will be the Chris Paul club for a long time. All right, guys, it's that time of the show where I ask you, any final thoughts on tonight's game? (laughs) No, but I I am looking forward to Tuesday night, our next show. Uh, It's Suns Warriors. It's TNT. It's the first time we're going to see the throwback purple uniforms uh, on the court. making the comeback. I am excited for that game there. That is going to be 
next level national television you're playing the defending champs this is the game that i've had circled for the first uh first week of the season yeah and, and what better time to have a game where you looked like yourselves again than right before that game so definitely excited for tuesday night that is true and i don't want to name individuals because i don't want to put their business out there but there's a couple people in our company that have had some uh, some family tragedies of late I want to just extend my uh, my best wishes to them uh, as they get through some of these difficult times. Uh, we all, uh, we obviously, I'm not going to say their names, but you know, we're all thinking of them and we love them and we we support them. And I just wanted to give them a shout out and say, hey, we're here for you guys. And that's also a great reminder to hug your people and uh, check in on your people as well. With that, we will say goodbye. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, again, our next show is on Tuesday. That'll be a pregame show before the Suns take on the Warriors and then a postgame show as well. And we will see you guys then. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. And, of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Remember. That's why that Greg Esposito is a smart guy. Oh, 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 oh my God.